Hey, party people, this is Coop. Long time no talking to. So, yes, we've been gone for a while. We have still been recording episodes, though, so I have a nice treasure trove of stuff to be sharing with you here in the next couple weeks or so. So we'll be back onto our normal schedule on Tuesdays. So thank you for your patience. I honestly didn't expect to see some people be like, hey, where are you guys at? So that was very heartwarming to see. So thank you. We appreciate that so much. Uh, So yes, this episode we recorded a while ago. The end of Macross proper, we recorded a lot of this a while ago. So you might hear some talk and reactions to video games and random nonsense. They're like, that was a long time ago. Well, we talked about it anyway, and I'm leaving it in. So, well, anyways, thank you for sticking with us, and enjoy this week's episode. Bye-bye. Yo, Dylan! Hey, yo, what's up, Coop? Dude, you remember Macross? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to Dude, You Remember Macross. I'm Coop, and I'm no longer sick. He's, and here, here, who's who's this fine, fine, handsome gentleman who's also recovering for illness as well? Why, it's me, Dylan. 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 Dylan Gorgory. The, the, Dylan, he who spits hot fire. Are, are you, are, are you, are you a new character in that game, Death Stranding? I've, I've, I, you know, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of hot names in Death Strand. I haven't looked at the trailer. I I I think I've if Metal Gear Solid Five has taught me anything, it's wait for word of mouth. So uh, I'll just let you in. There's a guy named Die Hard Man. There's Heart yes. Man. There's Dead mm-hmm. Man. There's a lot of yep. mans in this, and it's. Uh, I'm I'm surprised you haven't seen that trailer yet because it's like, okay, I'm in. This is this like I I want to, but I I guess it's just like, I have this problem where I buy too hard into hype. Um, even even like ignoring like a freak case like Metal Gear Solid Five. You know, I feel like I overhyped myself for Persona Five. I feel like I overhyped myself for Devil May Cry Five. So, you know. Even if Death Stranding is amazing and the Kojima game everyone always wanted, I am going to wait until, you know, till it hits shelves and then I'll, I'll come in relatively uh, unspoiled. I understand. I, I myself, I think this trailer did it for me because the last couple trailers really frustrated me because it was mm-hmm. more weird Kojima bullshit without anything of substance. And I need a little... Well, I think- I think that's a thing. People have talked about what the gameplay looks like and that what little I've heard from word of mouth probably is making me more excited than if I just watched it myself because then I'd pour over every detail and then form like a false idea of what the game's actually going to be like. And that's that's what I'm trying to to stay clear of. I get you. And especially with a Kojima game, because I, I took a I took a moment. There are those guys who are like scrubbing every frame. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. just wait till the game comes out. You'll you'll figure it out then. Yeah, like I'm trying to do that with the FF7 uh, remake trailer, 
uh, and especially the one that comes out uh, for E3, because that's inevitable. Yep. I I really want to try to stay as unspoiled on that as possible, but this the FF7 remake's going to be a little harder, just because I, I, I need to see if they're doing it. Not right, but if they're doing it to my taste. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I also think, too, if they're going to release that this year, I, I was looking at the schedule already. Mm-hmm. November is going to be stacked because I think it's Death Stranding. Uh, apparently Shenmue 3 is coming out in November now. Oh, my goodness. And like a couple other I still other need things. to play Shenmue 1 and 2. <laughs> I do, too. I... <laughs> so... I, I was... I was talking with a friend who, like, he does not like, or, you know, when we were kids, he did not like uh, exploration-heavy games. Um, but he, he was talking to me, and he was like, dude, like, I've played Shenmue. Shenmue is your type of game. Um, and, like, I loved it. Like, uh, he, you know, he, he doesn't really enjoy that genre of game, but, like, this is the one that can that swayed him. Which is weird when you consider, like, how kind of mundane Shenmue is. Mm. So I I really need to get into that series. From everything he's been telling me, it's like the game I wanted to play since I was like five and playing Pokemon Gold. I've I've heard it in my mind. I, I put it in the phrase of like, oh yeah, it's like the Yakuza your dad played or your older brother played. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm in. And I've had people... Well, for- yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, from what I've been told, it's like Yakuza, except don't expect the combat to be good oh, or yeah. to be the point at all. Oh, yeah, that's that's what uh, I'm, I have, I've steeled myself. Like, Shenmue is kind of like Persona 4 in that you're exploring a rural Japanese town and just talking to people. But, like, it's also, like, just, it, it's a game where you're supposed to just kind of take in the level of detail of the environments and the the night day cycle or whatever the the real passing of time um and so some of my favorite games are majora's mask final fantasy 12 um as a kid i really loved pokemon gold and like my favorite thing to do in those games is to just kind of admire the world and like the detail or craftsmanship that was put into realizing it so yeah, boy, fuck, man. I, I Sign me up for Shenmue. That. I don't know when I'll have time to play it, but yeah, no kidding. Because you getting a being a busy adult person with things to do, and the game stack just grows and grows and grows. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, speaking of cool worlds to explore. Let's let's talk about this week's round of Macross episodes, shall oh, we? Right, we're a Macross podcast. Yeah, we are. Um, oh, we were to- we're totally a Hideo Kojima podcast. So blessed be his name. Um, <laughs> so uh, Mads Mikkelsen is on the Macross anyway. Um, so we and that's when Jehuti launched from the Macross to take care of the Zentradi threat. Yep, and then uh, Solid Snake comes in with the Patriots and uh, Nanomachine's son. And uh, In fact, uh, this was the episode that inspired Hal Emmerich to start making giant robots. Just like my Japanese animes. Just like my Japanese animes. Well, alrighty. So, getting into this. Episode 26 of Macross. So, we start off... 
And Macross is all sitting there, and a lone Centrati ship is approaching it. So Global's all like, okay, you get this main gun ready. If they try anything, we're going to blow them to hell. And uh, Shammy's like, oh, this is just like my Japanese animes. Or uh, she says comic books, but come on, come on. <laughs> and then Manga. Manga, my manga. <laughs> and uh, they get a transition for the ship that, uh, hey, uh, we don't want to fight. Uh, we just want to uh, negotiate a ceasefire, okay? And they're like, eh, oh, okay. And as they're doing this, uh, send out the ship, Calm Dream's like, yo, I'm going to send out some ships too just to screw up the Macross. But Breitai's like, boom, 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 boom. Uh, you get shot down, and dude, if you don't agree to uh, join with us on the ceasefire, this our fleet here, it's going to tear itself apart, dude. This this culture stuff ain't no joke. And <laughs> Global is also on the same wavelength with this and be like, yo, this culture shock. Yeah, this is this is why this is happening. So let's yeah, let's let's make these peace talks. So the Centrati send out a battle pod to the Macross, and then Hikaru and his boys are running escort for it. And then once the battle pod lands inside the Macross, big ol' Zentrati bro takes a little, little tiny Exodol, sits him down, and he's like, wow, I'm so tiny. This, <laughs> oh wow, this is how they see me. This, this, this is wild, dude. <laughs> and uh, one of the other captains, senior dudes of the Macross, Maestrov shows up and he's like, yo, hey, Exodol, I'm going to shake your hand. And Exodol's like, what's this? And he's like, it's a sign of friendship, dude. Ah, oh, cool, cool. So Exodol and Maestrov are going to head on off. And uh, the soldier grunt dudes are like, so what are we going to do with this giant dude just sitting here? And Maestrov's like, just, I don't know, give him a fine meal and some something to sit on, I guess. And the soldiers are all like, he's so big. How are we going to how are we gonna get him a fine meal? C- can, can we get him a bucket to sit on? Joe, do you have a bucket? Yeah, we have a robot bucket. Yeah, get that robot bucket for this giant man to sit on. Uh, oh, okay. So so they get the buckle. And... Uh, so Maestrov and Exodol are in this giant procession of Humvees just rolling through town. And they're talking about um, what they're seeing. And Exodol's all like, oh, yeah, you're doing the the business with the money and the stuff. And Maestrov's like, yo, you know a lot. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been educated on a thing or two. And as they're driving through, they see a sexy billboard and... And Exodol's like, what's up with this? And Maestrov's like, that'd be a little hard to explain. And Exodol's all like, military secret. Yeah, yeah, that's a military secret. And (laughs) so they keep on driving through. They see more sexy stuff, still military secret. Um, And uh, we go back to the bridge. Global is doing some stuff. And uh, he tells Claudia, yo, uh, if that ship does anything hostile, blow him to hell. I'm going to go out for this meeting here. And while we're waiting for the meeting, we're in the meeting room. Exodol's sitting there. Um, uh, Secretary Lady's like, oh, have this drink. 
It's like, oh, okay. Ooh, this is good. Yo, you want another? Oh, yeah, I do. This is good <laughs> stuff. Exodol pulls himself a Thor and has another. Um, and folks are just waiting around in the meeting room. They're waiting for more people to show up. The meeting was so out of the blue, so everybody's trying to scramble to get around. And then Max and Amelia enter on in. And Exodol recognizes them. And they're both like, yo, who who would ever thought we'd pee here right now? You're married to some Earth dude, and I'm here for peace talks. What, what? Started from the war zone, now we here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit got real. <laughs> and then as more people start folding into the room, uh, Hikaru comes in, and he's shocked. Um, the Seaxidol, and and he's all like, "Oh, you got more military secrets, right?" He's like, uh, "What? I why why are you here?" Peace talks, dude. And then speaking of more people freaking out, the Blue Wind dudes show up, and they freak out when they see Exodol. And he's like, "Dude, don't worry, I I don't care. You're fine. I'm not gonna murder you or anything." So everybody's here, and they're about to start the meeting, and Exodol's like. Uh, no, we're, we're missing some people. We're missing the superhero Jesus man, Xiao Poilong, and um, this woman, this person who's who's the cause of these psychological attacks to our men. He surely is a messiah. Messiah! Slayer! Messiah! Slayer! <laughs> Kung Fu Jesus. Oh, uh, what a, what a, what a banger of a movie, that Xiao Poilong. <laughs> It's, 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 uh, Shai Pong, Shao, uh, just anime. Are you doing all right there, buddy? Oh, I, let me tell you, waking up, waking up. Gotcha. At, waking up, welcome to Theonix, Arizona, where you're doing the wake up with Coop and Dylan in the morning. <laughs> ah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Thank you for listening, KYZZ, The Edge, the edgiest radio station in all of Southeast America. Anyway, um, is this is this a bit or I this might this this might be a bit or this just might be me just waking up and feeling myself, dude. Got it, got it. I won't let you do no different. Anyway, so. Global Maestro were sitting there, and they'd be like, oh, Zentradi think that movie's real. And who are they talking about about psychological attacks? And Exodus like, I'll, I'll show you what I mean. And he just gets up there, and he's like, kin, 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 kin. And he does the whole song. And he's adorable. Yes, it, it's, it is the best. <laughs> best karaoke 2009, he gets an award. Anime Awards 2009. Let's go. Uh, best girl. Um, so from this, the room realizes, oh, he's talking about Min Mei. Let's, let's get her in here at once. So um, she shows up. Kai Foon, of course, is with her. And he automatically goes into his bullshit. And Global's like, shut the fuck up. We're here for a meeting. You sit. You sit and you listen. You be a good boy. I'm going to kick your ass. So, yes, the meeting is now good to go. And while the meeting's starting up, uh, we have Misa. She's uh, back on Earth. 
she's part of the giant communications array doing some work and listening in on stuff. And she's hearing the meeting, and her dad comes on by, and she's like, "You, dude, if this meeting goes well, we don't have to use the Grand Cannon. And he's all like, yo, uh, yeah, we are, because, yo, they're only talking to part of the fleet, so we're still probably going to fire it, just to let you know. So we go back to the meeting, and Exodol learns that, okay, Shao Pylon's just a movie, and that barrier explosion, it wasn't a superpower, it's just a technical failure that went totally crazy wrong. It's like, oh, okay. Well, anyway, so that girl, that Minmay, yeah, her song is still crazy, uber powerful. Um, and then he goes into talking about, uh, there's been some talk of, like, in our records of songs in the past leading to destruction and how, you know, since we're nothing but war, culture in the past has led to the affection of our men, our orders, and... Yeah, so if this keeps on going, uh, our grand leader, Bulldoza, is probably going to have all of us, all of us in this room, everybody associated, and the people on Earth, destroyed for having, talking about any of this. Because Yakta culture, uh, <laughs> the pro, mm, he doesn't like that taste of the protoculture in his mouth. Um, it's not good. So, it's disgusting, even. Yes, it, it's it's like if he had sandpaper and cottage cheese in his mouth at the same time. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Maybe gross. Maybe a little little, little bit of magnesium citrate because he can't go to the bathroom. Let me tell you about magnesium citrate. If you ever if you ever get sick and your doctor says you need to take a laxative, take that because it's the most gentle on your stomach. Pro tips <laughs> and things you didn't need to know from me, but you know now. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's going to be a loopy morning cast. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Woo. All right. So speaking of meetings, um, Lap Mammoth pings Britai in the ship and he's like, yo, um, what's going on with this meeting? And yo, oh, I uh, let Bulldoza know about all this. So the main fleet's on its way. And Brita's like, well, <laughs> good for you, because that means uh, you're going to die, too, because he's going to just kill all of us. And she's like, oh. So Brita calls up Exodol and is like, yo, Bulldoze is coming. And Exodol's like, hey, Macross people, uh, my super boss is coming with all his army. And yeah, he has like five million ships, and we all going to, this isn't good. And Kaifun hears it's like, we're all going to die, give up. And then Gullibus all like, and everybody else is like, okay, this is, this is a lot, but we're going to, we're going to do what we can to do this. And why this feeling is settling in the room, Exile's like, there's no guarantee that we're going to win this. But, dude, given our, all the trouble we've had with the Macross in the span of a year or so, I, I think there's a I think we have a chance here. And back on Earth, there's some scuttlebutt about the Grand Cannon and how the Macross sucks and all that. And uh, 
Mac Misa is going to go meet with her dad to just talk about some stuff. And she learns that from her dad that they're like, okay, we're going to use the Macross as bait in an attack. And she's not happy about this at all. So she's like, okay, daddy, uh, you're going to let me go back to the Macross. And he's like, no, I am not. I am your dad. I'm not going to let you die. And also, since I'm your commanding officer, I'm just gonna, I'll throw you in the brig if you don't listen to me. So tough nuggets. Ugh. So, <laughs> and then as this is going on, we go back to the Zentradi and Lamp Lamb is okay, Britai, we're gonna do this. And Britai then asks Kamji, and he's like, fuck no, I'm just gonna go fuck off. You're on your own. See ya. Um, and from here, X is also like, okay, if we're gonna win this. <laughs> We got to cut off the head of the snake here. We can't. There's too much going on for us to take on everything. And Global's like, you're right. This is risky, but this is what we got to do. So they shake each other's hands. An alliance has been forged. And from here, Exodol talks about a little more about the effect Minmay has had on the Centrati people, on the troops. And it's like, I did that much? I changed their lives? Wow. <laughs> and Exodol's like, can, can you sing that song again? It, <laughs> this might be the last time we get the chance to do that before this gets we nasty. Need, we need the legit Kuhn Kuhn, not the not the Diet Zentradi version. Yes, we don't. We we need the original Unplugged from 1977. We, we don't need <laughs> no covers with auto-tune up in this house. I'm sorry, Kanye, but I, I need the original. <laughs> um, not the remix. Um, so from here, she, she really starts singing. Uh, however, the main fleet pops in. And they, <laughs> they surround Earth. Like, imagine like one of those cakes uh, you have... It's like chocolate and it melts and you pour like hot syrup on it and it surrounds the cake. That That's how... What are you talking about? Pe- people know on the internet, it's like syrup on a cake, on a big round right. cake. Like All frosting. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and it, it covers the earth. And <laughs> there's a lot of Zentradi here. And everybody, the Macross, you on on earth... Retired folks are all like, holy shit. And there's the episode. So before we move on, um, your lunatic host and co-host, um, do we have anything to talk about? Do you have any thoughts, um, concerns? Kuhn Kuhn's. Uh, so I'm going to be real with you, Coop. When I watched this, it was when I was lightheaded and like mildly feverish uh yesterday morning so i don't have a lot to say about it but I, I got the general gist of it um i think like the the biggest thing is just kind of it, it is satisfying to have this moment and it's satisfying in like a lot of um mech animes where like you kind of have the leaders of these two factions finally meeting and there's kind of this sense of like all right this is a breakthrough and 
I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling right now, but I, I think it's exciting because, you know, like, we have, what, 10 episodes left in this show? Sounds uh, about oh, right. 13. 13. And it's just kind of like, oh, man, where do we go from here? Yeah, because this this moment just feels so good because people with differences come together and this has been so well developed getting up to this point. It just, it feels so earned and it feels so right. <laughs> I think uh, Dylan's Robotech note of the episode is going to throw out that I think it's also around here where we introduce the Robotech Masters. Uh, And, like, they start intercutting uh, bits of the episodes with, like, the looming threat of the Robotech Masters because, you know, we had to find a way to continue this show so it could keep airing on American television. So, so what you're telling me is the Robotech Masters are like the IRS. They're an overlooming threat that's just throughout your lives saying, pay taxes, but in this case, Robotech. Exactly. Um, and, you know, not for nothing. Like, the only reason Macross could even air on American television was if it was bundled with yeah two other tv series so it would have enough episodes to justify the syndication yeah they had uh, um, they had enough material to write that carl may check mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> We're losing you, man. I, 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 I don't even know if no. I was here to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're fine, dude. All right. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's kind of satisfying to see these episodes unedited so they can have like the full weight they were intended instead of being like, we need to cross over into Southern Cross somehow. Yes. Uh, I, I don't, I don't need no Southern crossover up in Mick, my Mickus. No, thank you. Um, but yes, uh, this this has just been very, very satisfying. We will con- continue with the satisfaction um, going on into episode 27, my dude. Yep. All right. So everybody, we're going to battle stations. We're getting the Megazord ready. Let's fight. And uh, before heading out uh, of the meeting, Hikaru's like, Hey, Min May, this is how I feel. And she's like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting this. And he's all like, hey, be happy with your cousin. I'm going to Lou. And uh, she runs after him. And uh, at the meantime, the Macross is whipping out all the big guns. They're getting all the big boom, boom robots that are just guns, guns, guns with legs ready to go. And uh, they're getting the men who can operate the guns with legs set and ready to do some fighting. And everybody is feverishly getting ready to go as Global and Exodol hit the bridge to get this show going. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the UN is getting the Grand Canton and ready to fire. And Misa, she ugh, on the ground, she's coordinating squads and getting people around. She's like, ugh. Come on, I'm more worried about the Macross than over this right now, but okay. And then, as Hikaru's suiting up, getting ready to go, 
Min Mei shows up and he's like, yo, uh, that's sweet and all, but to quote Bismarck, he, he just a friend. And um, I, I want to mention that, like, the funniest thing about the scene is that it, like, it's super dramatic music plays after she says that because yes. it transitions into a scene where uh, Bulldoza's ship folds in. Yes. But, but, I'm sorry, Hikaru, I always saw you as just a friend. <laughs> just, it's it just like really the world me. is over. End of show. Hikaru yeah. just died. <laughs> But um, I I really wonder about this interaction. Um, I I'll talk about it more once we continue a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because this interaction from things we see coming up, it makes a skaky of like, are you sure when you say just a friend, homie? Yeah, like I mean, like I it could be. I want to say I want to say that in her mind, she's like, I thought you like. I thought you only ever saw me as a friend. Maybe because he never he's he never really said anything other than, "Er, I'm an angsty boy" or anything so, like so that. So like, yeah, this is this is like a dramatic change of status that from what she thought they had. Yeah, she 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 might have been like, could could you say friend zoned? Yeah, and I guess, like, it, it just, it strikes me as weird, because, especially, like, with the last couple times we've seen Minmei, how she's really been trying to reach out to Hikaru. Yeah. Um, who just has not been there. Mm-mm. Um, He's been on a so, Misa like, train. I, I yeah, I, I feel like it's not Minmei being like, I just see you as a friend, Hikaru, but, like, I thought the status quo up to this point was that we were just friends. True, because... But he hadn't said anything, and people have been men- picking on him for not saying anything, especially Misa. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely, now you mention it that way, I that way makes a little more sense. Um, yeah, cause it, just, it just reads really differently and weirdly to me if it, if it was just like, sorry, Hikaru, I just see you as a friend. Yeah, not, not, not as heavily Bismarcky, a little more... Uh, Oh, you didn't say anything, so I didn't think anything so else. I'm here dude. now. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, anyway, speaking of cataclysms, as you referred to, uh, the Zentradi fleet, uh, specifically Bulldozer's main ship, folds in, and yo, they're just gonna light it up. And we go back. Minmay's like, I like my cousin. Yeah, yeah, and Hikaru. And that, yeah. That, sorry, number two. This is like she, the entire show, and like I didn't really realize it until this past viewing. But like she is not into this uh, Kyle re- or Kaifun relationship at all, uh-uh. and like her kind of saying it now is just kind of like what? <laughs> because maybe she's saying it to maybe keep up. Since the him saying I have feelings for you thing, mm-hmm. to make, because she hasn't quite reconciled that in her mind yet, trying to keep the status quo she's from she's familiar with, I guess. And I I, th- I think that is the thing. Like she's she's like maybe he's just saying this because things look so dire. But I I have to try and like kind of remind him what the status. I don't know. It's uh, really weird to me that like 
And I maybe it's Minmei, like, because, like, her public image is that she's entering into a relationship with Kaifun. Because the media seems gung-ho about that for some reason. And they forget, yo, they're cousins! Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's Xiao Pai Long. Yeah, he's the Kung Fu Jesus. He, uh, she has to hop on that. Uh, uh, okay. um, so, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not really sure how much of this is me trying to give Minmei additional agency. And, like, how much of this is, like, the writers just being like, no, she actually likes Kaifun. I, maybe, her body language says, like, way else to me. She's like, I'm, I'm not, well, even more with future interactions. Um, mm-hmm. ugh. I don't know, fam. I don't know. It's, I, and, I mean, like, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm babbling right oh, now, but I, I guess it's just because, like, the visual language of her relationship with Kaifun and her saying that are two very different statements. And I'm not sure if, like, this was just a temporary, like, oh, wait, no, just so people are aware, she actually does like Kaifun and she is committed to that relationship. Uh, but, like, you know, uh, insert image of Thor being like, really, though? Yeah. I, the only thing, oh, yeah. The only way I can read it as is, her just that makes sense in my brain without it like totally breaking is she's trying mm-hmm. to keep up with Hikaru's narrative in his mind that yo you're with Kaifu now I have feelings but whatever so or maybe maybe she could be like challenging Hikaru to like go the extra step and be like I don't care I need you to know how I feel or something like that which Hikaru doesn't do. Yeah, he, she, he, he, maybe he wants her to go, fuck your cut. No, 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 no. Mm. Do the opposite of yeah, that. Yeah, fuck yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Mm. Choice of words. Choice of words. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's all on me. Um. So, <laughs> anyway. So, moving on. Still in this conversation, Hikaru's like, whatever. Um, he's like, we live, we live in very different worlds. That's, that's okay. It's no big deal. So the Centradi open fire. They wipe out pretty much all of her population and some pretty horrific scenes of. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck. Like children die. Civilians die. It is. I think a dog dies like it is scorched earth. And uh, people in the UN base in Alaska survive, but it's people dead. And Minmay sings this, and she starts singing that song she had sung when they left Earth. But this time, it's kind of almost like a dirge for the Earth. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just ready to give up. And Hikaru's like, yo, I got an idea. Sing. I, I got this. I got this. In the meantime, the Grand Can's all like, I'm a charging my laser, brah. Wow, what a dated reference. Yeah, I love 2004, man. <laughs> Greatest year. PS2, it's pretty good. Eh, that's true. Can't argue against that. Katamari Damacy came out that year, so I, I don't know what to oh, tell shit, you. really? Yes. Okay. It's... I, oh. I think uh, Snake Eater came out that year as well. Oh! 
2004 was, was a good year, guys. 2004 might have been a good year. I kind of want to look that up, but I also don't want to cut into the episode. <laughs> Before we go further, 2004 was a good year. Wow. I'm still on a dream. Snake Eater. Snake Eater. Uh, let's oh. see. I'm, I'm going to climb that ladder for the rest of my life, and it's never going to end, and I'm going to love it. Anyway. So... Metroid Zero Mission came out that year, my guy. Oh, 2004 uh, confirmed best year in video see. games. I, I'm sorry. I, I have to go through this uh, real quick. Uh, apparently Ninja Gaiden came out. Yes. Um, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Uh, Twin Snakes. Okay. Uh, hmm. Let's see. I try not to. Mm, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, this is. I want to put this in my mouth and eat it and chew it and love it and just like like a fine like a fine steak you get at the steakhouse. Tales of Symphonia. Ah. Uh, okay. Beautiful Joe, Pikmin Two. Uh, Fire Pokemon Fire Red Leaf Green. Greatest uh, greatest gaming year of all time. 2017 got nothing. Sly 2. Oh. Oh, man. Uh, F-Zero GP Legend, if that's your thing, it's mine. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, not only did Final Fantasy XI come out this year, Final Fantasy XI Chains of Promathia came out this year. And I've never played Final Fantasy XI, but that's pro- I've heard that's like has one of the best stories in any Final Fantasy game ever. So, cool. Guys, um, in conclusion, 2004 was baller. Mega Man Zero Three, my guy. Oh! <laughs> Paper Mario Thousand Year oh! Door. I know. I know. We completely derailed the episode just now. I know. Holy shit! You know, this this podcast, like this show, is super dimensional. So we exist Ace in Combat Five, Jack Three, Halo Two, Metroid Prime Two. Oh man. Wait, this can't be right. These can't be the right years. I, I guess this this is the best derailment in the history of derailments. So I am I am one hundred and twenty nine percent aboard this. Half Life Two, really? Wow! 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 Spider Man Two. Uh, yes, yeah, Snake Eater did come out uh, in two thousand four. Um, all right, I'm almost through this. List. Okay. I just, Beautiful Joe. Wait, really? Beautiful Joe Two came out. I guess maybe in Japan. Uh, I think maybe the PS Two release came out that year, and then Beautiful Joe mm. Two came shortly after. Okay. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. No, that's it's pretty high. It's uh. Oh wait, I somehow scrolled past San Andreas, but uh, yeah, that also came out in two thousand four. Yeah. If you want to send me a cup of coffee right now, I, I that might help. Oh, not that kind of coffee, but you know, <laughs> controversies. Ah, uh, ha ha! Uh, that took me longer than it should have. You're good. You're good. <laughs> anyway, thank thank you for indulging us, boys and girls. Let's go back to people dying horrible deaths. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So people are dead, and uh, Global and Britai are like, "Yo, this is a car dude. He has this plan." We're going to broadcast Minmay singing to the entire Zentradi fleet so we can make a focused attack on Bulldoza's ship because we're not going to be able to get in there otherwise. And 
to make this plan even more effective, Exodol's like, Hey, Minmei, can you kiss somebody, like in the movie, so we can get the Cho Doki Doki? And she's like, okay, I'll do it. Sure. The Grand Cannon then fires, wiping out a wide swath of the Zentradi fleet. But, this is, even though it's not great, the, it gives the bridge a bit hope, because they're like, yo, those people in Alaska, they still alive! Woo! And then Minmay is getting ready for a concert. Guys are uh, stringing their guitars. And like a bunch of creeps while she's getting ready, Blue Wind comes up. It's like, yo, you're going to be great. And choke Yankee Nay, girl. And she's like, oh, okay. And then it's time for a war concert. And Global's like, yo, if they aren't doing the Kune Kune, you shoot them down Kune, Okay. It's like, okay. And then we enter into the grandest, the most delicious ballroom blitz. And things are just blowing up and shooting and and swoosh swoosh. And couples are fighting together in space in their own matching pair of Valkyries. It's good stuff. It's real good stuff. And this plan to have the queuing going, it's working. And Globus all like, okay, we're going to shoot off the main gun, and we're going to blast the path through. And so, uh, Minmay kisses her cousin, and before this, she's like, goodbye, Hikaru. And she kisses her cousin, and big explosions, and it's weird cousin stuff. And... (laughs) Which disorients the Zentradi even more. Yes. What? Uh, But... But no. No. <laughs> but why? Is this is this Twitch stream from West Virginia? Anyway. Um, or Good. Kentucky. Um, um, anyway. So, Hikaru and crew are cutting through that Zentradi fleet like a knife through worm temperature butter. And Misa's kind of stranded in this decrepit radar room trying to get word out to whoever she can. And she gets in contact with her father, who's like... This isn't looking good. Yeah, I should have listened to you. I'm a dumbass. And uh, he dies in a fiery blast. Yeah, he did. And she's Yay. like, oh. And then there goes the last close relationship Misa ever had. Yep. Dad, daddy gone bye bye. He's he's a uh, he's a uh, daddy daddy Q. Mm. Yep. Daddy Q. Alaskan dry rub daddy Q. Not good. <laughs> with, a, with a side of despair barbecue sauce. <laughs> mm. That's how you know it's smoky. It gives you very, yep, the strongest indigestion. You might need a mimosa or two to go with that. <laughs> S- speaking of hard, hard hits and smoke, Hikaru wakes up on his Valkyrie after taking a big hit of missiles. And he wakes up with some Minmay Jam, some Silver Rune, Red Moon, or whatever Still way that is. Still the best Minmay song. Yes. Don't at me. Don't at him. I might. <laughs> so terrible like that. But if you, know. you want to at me, you can at me at... No. You can at... We'll do that later. You, you can at me outside. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as Hikaru's waking up, he's all like, I am too far into Earth's atmosphere to get back into this. 
So I'm just going to go into Earth. Fucking the fact that the the Valkyrie can single-handedly re-enter Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Like, no joke. It looks just like your standard plane, and then, oh, nope, it can go under Earth. He's not dead. It He's took, fine. It took three generations of Gundam models to be able to do that. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's a zombie? What's a new type? I, yeah, I, uh, guess, I, guess, I guess this is proven it once and for all. Valkyries are, without a doubt, better than Gundams. The fuck up. <laughs> oh, that's too good. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Anywho. Anywho. As Hikaru's getting back into Earth's atmosphere, he has a flashback. When, uh, after Minmei was agreeing to sing in the fight... Uh, they, they kissy kiss and yeah, they kissed, which makes weird conversation from earlier, even weirder. And, uh, Hikaru himself says goodbye to Minmei as he enters Earth atmosphere. And as he draws closer to Earth's surface, he picks up Misa's signal and heads her way. And she's like, dude, do not come my way. And she's like, and he's all like, I don't listen to you anyway, so I'm just going to show up, okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And seeing all this go on, Jean's all like, screw this. This song, this song is banging. I'm going to put this on my SoundCloud. Let's go. And joins into the fight. And then as the United Front pressing forward, they're, they're getting in it. They're getting up in that ass and fighting and... Then Matt Cross has taken some hits. There's some damage, but nobody seems to be injured from what we can tell. And Hikaru manages to get back into the base where Misa is, cut out the wall with his Valkyrie, and in a very hella-ass take-on-me moment, they reunite. And they hop into that uh, flying robot with legs, and they fly out of there as it explodes, shattering the Valkyrie's canopy. In the meantime, part of me wonders. Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. All right. I was just gonna say, part of me wonders if like that take on me moment is colorless because they had, you know, so much animation was put in so many different areas of this episode that when they they got to that point, they were like, "All right, what if we did this? Did pulled a gunbuster on them before gunbuster yes. was made? Like, uh." It makes it even it, more it, poignant with also saving them money because you could tell they spent a shit ton of money animating these episodes. But they, they picked like the perfect moment to do that. Yes. So so mad props. Let me let me check what year it was. Let me. I want. I'm curious if this predates take on me. I have so to that's check. A good question. I don't. I don't know when that song came out. It's just an '80s song. L- let me see. Dude, it predates Take On Me. Oh my god. Take On Me was 1985. The fucking legends. These trail uh, trailblazers. So so we have Take On Me because of Macross. I'm calling that now. Yep, yep. Even though there are Scandinavian people who sung it and probably never heard of Macross, I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, there we go. Needless to say. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we we just 
we just broke through some barriers, man. We found out that Macross is responsible for Take On Me, and 2004 was a great year. Man, this is... Well, listen, listen. Culture didn't exist before Macross. So, of course, Take On Me, we can only attribute its success to Macross. Yep. This yep. confirmed. I'm I'm editing the Wikipedia article right now. <laughs> Macross was the inspiration for the song and music video. Don't at me. Show uh, give Shoji Kawamori some of that royalty money, cause he real cool. Thank you, love your friend on the internet, Cooper. P.S. I love you too. Have a good one. I love you. That's how I write all my letters at work, by the way. P.S. I ah, love you. Amazing. Yeah. P.S. I love you. Yeah, totally. Anyway, um, the Macross has approached Bulldozer's ship, and it uses its whole body to full body ship punch into it, into its core, and they blow the living shit out of Bulldoza. And they, that whole, if you, if you think that the ship punch made a ship balloon and turn into a giant exploding stuffed pepper. Let me tell you, this flagship goes up like like not like not even the 4th of July. It's all like if you took a watermelon and put dynamite in it, this is what happens. <laughs> it's it's a oh, it's like Gallagher shows up and just takes a hammer and just smashes that ship and it it just balloons and just it's mwah. <laughs> it's good um and that's gone so that as they get out of the base Hikaru and Misa park their robot with legs and she's like hey thank you uh, I had a feeling you might have come back for me and then from there they wonder how everybody's doing and Misa's like dude we might be the only people here on earth and the guy's like there's nothing wrong with that at least we're not alone. And then, hmm. in the distance, they hear Minmay as the Earth, as the Macross descends to Earth. The battle over. The the day, not necessarily saved, but but the the Kyun Kyun prevails. Life and, finds a way. Yes. And then arm in arm. The two return to the Macross in that hashtag couple sitting position in the Valkyrie. And that... There's something about... Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, there's something about the way that they're drawn in that final shot with um, Hikaru finally looking like he's matured a bit and Misa... Not childish, obviously, but like you, like there's something unabashed about the look of joy on her face where like she's finally she's finally able to let her guard down and it feels like Hikaru's actually finally made like a huge concrete step into becoming more of a a more mature person yes it's really good <laughs> I, but anyway coop i agree and so and that ends oh, sorry. Yeah. this arc okay so coop yes the the zentradi forces Done. The Earth obliterated. The One Ring destroyed. Aragorn's been made King of Gondor. What's left? 
I, I, uh, um, the McCrasnolds on uh, Southern and Fifth Street. It's still up and operating. Um, they still have the twenty-four hour breakfast, and um, they they ran out of supplies, so they have a pretty bitchin' rat rat uh, rat McNugget um, salad. So I recommend that. Um, it, it costs. There's only pesos left in this world now, so it costs about five pesos. <laughs> And a, and a, and also a, I thought, a crisp I thought you were going to say bottle caps because oh, <laughs> that's the direction I thought you were taking this in. I, I, I'm not I'm not Todd Todd Howarding it today. Um, uh, of course, um, uh, King of Games, Master of the Shadow Realm, Todd Todd Howard. Um, he loves Yu Gi Oh. Um, anyway, but I, I think in the way you were meaning you were meaning to take this, it has now been. Two years since the end of the war, and most of the Earth is just a couple survivors, some Centradi, and the folks who are on the Macross. And Hikaru is on patrol when he stops to find, yo, there's some greenery. There's some flowers. This, wow. And the flowers kind of take him back, reminding him of when he was a kid, chasing after Roy in his biplane. But then he also sees erect... Valkyrie. And he remembers all the suffering and all the people who had passed away in this war and just how not nostalgic it was in comparison to his boyhood. In the meantime, Hikaru's boys that are assigned to him are not very crazy about his patrol route. And they're just kind of... And they also start talking about some skull about how there are some Centradi who are having issues adjusting to civilian life. Those are not used to it. And, hey, they might freak out and stuff might happen. So I don't know. Then we then go to see, yo, the Macross in its little perfect round pool of great architecture Crater architecture, if you will. I, I just wrote a book on it. It's delicious. Anyway, um, there's a sprawling city around the Macross going wide and far. And yo, life life has gone on. That Ian Malcolm had a point. Life does, in fact, find a way. And then we go to Misa, who's very kindly doing Ikaru's housework. And she runs into his room... And finds a photo book sitting next to Roy's helmet, of all things. Much like much like a certain other thing we've seen in the show, like after every so, uh, single episode, unless we skipped it. And this photo book is just photos of Min May or him and Min May. And uh, Misa, Misa not happy about this. Okay, so to interrupt real quick. Yes. Um, in the Robotech, <laughs> in the Robotech dub, uh, because you know, uh, for a while, like children's entertainment, uh, was afraid of letting there be anything longer than two seconds of silence. Um, they they had like Misa or uh, Lisa rather. Uh, she had her own like kind of internal monologue, I think. Ooh, and. There's a certain point where she's looking at a picture of Minmay where the character just goes, 
something I, I forget the exact line, but she she mentioned something about wringing her hands around that pretty little neck. Oh, <laughs> it's just like damn, damn girl. <laughs> Lisa's out for blood. She she gonna cune cune her neck out. Wow. <laughs> She's going to be, she, the last thing she's going to see is that silver moon, red moon, am I right? Oh my god. Yeah, and so like, whenever, <laughs> whenever I think about this scene, I'm just like, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, the original scene is just her kind of, you know, it's left to the viewer to like, kind of realize like, what she's thinking. Because, like, man, the Robotech not only spells it out, they spell it out so hard that, like, it just makes Lisa look completely petty. They spell that out with a, with a blunt chisel and a very heavy hammer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. Oh, but it's amazing. That's great. It's one of the most memorable lines from that dub. I love that. Oh. Uh, so while she's still thinking about... Uh, Ring a Minmay's neck. She flips around. It's all like, you know, this Minmay poster Kara has in, in his room. I'm gonna flip it upside down and leave. <laughs> Fuck y'all. And uh, Hikaru is just now just kind of chilling, sitting his Valk. He starts having a quote unquote conversation with his thoughts of Roy. It's like, yo, I joined the military because girls. You joined the military because girls. Hey, you should go see that Minmay. And and he's all like, Mind Roy's all like, yo, you have anybody in life? And he's like, no, not really. I'll go see Minmay, whatever. Yo, there's a girl named Misa who just did your shit at your house. Um, and it's implied she's been doing that for a while. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, Hikaru, you dumbass. You know all that good development you were just talking about? Let me tell you about drains and how deep they go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hikaru. Oh, Rick. Uh, Anyway, Hikaru is back on that Minmay train, and she uh, hears a radio broadcast of her in a concert in a nearby town. And, of course, Kaifun's there and talking shit while speaking to the audience. And then Hikaru's boys finally catch up to him. It's like, yo, where's your radio? And he's like, ah, uh, and it's like, oh, but uh, forget about the radio. I saw grass. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, I'm going to go off to this one city and see this person. Bye. It's like, oh, okay. And uh, yeah, he goes that way, goes to see the concert. And then Misa is sitting at a restaurant, a little cafe with some coffee, just chilling. And he's pretty. She's she's pretty fed up with uh, Hikaru's Minmay obsession. Uh, I, a lot of people probably thought, "Yo, this is over and done with." Uh, I'm best girl. Pay attention to me, whatever. And she sees Max and Amelia walking by with their new fresh baby, just bopping around. She's all like, "Oh, I see. This is me and Hikaru." Oh. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Man, maybe I do need to send you a coffee. Maybe you do. 
Uh, Kofi.com slash Mr. 24 7. Oh, wrong Kofi. Sorry. Wrestling's good. That's all I got to say. Um, and uh, so she she ends up leaving the cafe when some grunts show up with a boombox playing Min May. And I'm. I, and they're like, yo, look at these nostalgic beats. Uh, my my <laughs> only thing, if you're going to have a boombox that big, a wise man once said that Wu-Tang is for the children, and that's what should have been played on that boombox. <laughs> so, um, pro tip. Yeah, it's 2009. They have no excuse. Yeah. The, the chil- the Q&Q&N is great, but the children need Wu-Tang. <laughs> but if you want beef, then bring the ruckus. Oh, so in a world without Wu-Tang, do, do you think Wu-Tang su- survived or it's like the there's like a great Wu-Tang scholars have carried on the Wu-Tang legacy? <laughs> you know what? I'm pretty sure Method Man would have done an equally uh, viable job of disarming the Zentradi forces. With weed. Yeah, with weed. Weed. <laughs> Just Snoop Dogg was totally fine. He's just like, yo, here, let's have some blunts. You want to play some Call of Duty? Hell yeah! <laughs> that's that's what happened. Snoop Dogg survived. Um, in this in this universe, Dr. Dre did release the Chronic. That's that's the that's that's uh, naturally naturally that's the t- that's the timeline split. So we get the Matt Cross <laughs> timeline when Dr. Dre actually released the Chronic. Um, Not an average Joe with an average flow, doing oh. average things with average. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So All um, right. after after the concert, what a shocker! Kaifun's now an asshole alcoholic, and he's like pissed that they were paid in food and supplies and not money. You think that he, from the beginning, Kaifun was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, Min May's a." Uh, Financial Avenue. I could see that. I could very easily see yeah, that. Yeah, because the the especially when they're doing when they're doing child pylon stuff and she faints. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She she's like like, uh, like an abusive uh, child star parent. Yeah. Like there's there's like a. I don't know. I I because I I want to give. No, I don't. I don't want to give Kaifun the benefit of the doubt. Fuck I guess, like, If ever there was, like, a single, like, humanizing thing, it was maybe, like, you know, Minmei, if you sing while the Zentradi are attacking, that'll give the people hope, which does come back in a meaningful way in last episode. But fuck Kaifun. That's terrible. That and... He's a piece of shit. Yes. And irredeemable. Correct. Although... I'm not defending him, but to go on what you're saying, that moment of Global that came out of nowhere earlier on, uh, where he was comforting Global, I thought that was good and off character. Mm-hmm. I just think those moments where he's being a decent person or out of character, he's just he is just a stinky alka. He is a stinky asshole. Uh, yeah, it's it's like it it's almost like. Oh no, we did too good of a job selling Kaifun as a person, and like maybe people are okay with Min Mei being with him. We gotta roll that back now. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yep, except rolling in the opposite direction. Yep. So you gotta play that song in reverse, and then you have Kaifun's character arc in this 
We have uh, the episode. We have the Walmart rollback discount. It's not great. Nope. Um. Yeah. So I don't know if like the writers intended on making Kaifun a reasonable human who's just also not for Minmei, and then double down on him being an asshole, or if they were like, no, he's always been an asshole. But what's important to note is that Kaifun is an irredeemable piece of shit. Yes. Lynn Kyle Foon Lannister can suck my nuts. Book closed. Check written. Cut the check. Anyway. Um, can we talk about how he fucking tosses a whiskey bottle? Yeah. And it, like, like right in front of Minmay, and it looks like it might cut her, but it doesn't. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like, cause like in my memory, I remember him, like, I was like, I can't remember if he just throws the bottle and it's like menacing or if he actually throws it at Minmay. And what the, what the truth is, is that it's an unhappy medium where he tosses it over his back in Minmay's general direction and then he kicks it and the shards of glass land near Minmay's feet. So the visual language is still very much like, oh yeah, he's he's abusive, guys. Like, don't don't even begin to entertain that this guy might be redeemable. Nope. Don't. Mm. Into the toilet with him. Yeah. 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 And I think this is this is kind of the moment we've been dancing around whenever yeah. we've been talking about him in the past. Yeah, because like, when this stuff, like talking about him earlier, I always think of this where he's just dragging her around, dragging her around to concerts. And it, at this point, her like the show she had earlier felt so, I don't know, um, kind of ramshackled in comparison to what she's done before, and like she like he is very much leeching off of her and dragging her around and at yeah. the same time i thought i kept on talking talk thought thinking about earlier you might also see some of minmay's fame starting to go away too because i remember earlier on we were mm. talking about how when she visited her folks in yokohama uh you remember how nobody gave a shit about her being famous and i believe yeah. That's starting to set back in a little bit too. So yeah, I think it's I think it's also like just the weird state the world is in, where like yeah, Minmay's music's giving us hope, but like we got bigger it's deals. It's kind of it's like a it's you know if the Macross was its own like bubble in terms of like it's its own self-contained society, and then also like it really kind of resembles the economic bubble that Japan was going yes. through at the time. Um, you know, this is past that bubble. The this bubble the has bubble popped. popped. Yeah. Yeah. Say a wavelength. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think there's, uh, you know, th we're in a moment where it's not about, we can't sing about love. We have to bring back the love first. We have to, uh, as a wise man once said, take back the love. Dun da dun. I will totally mode say. Dun da dun to dun da 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 dun to respond to Kaifun's bullshit, 
Um, Min is like, yo, dude, we have to deal with what we have in these tough times. I can deal with this food. And Kaifun's like, military. And Min is all like, you know, just shut the fuck up about the folks in the military. <laughs> <They're-> <laughs> yeah, Kaifun's literally like, no, we can't eat these rations because they were given to the people by the military. And she's like, everybody gets this. They all come from the same place, dude. What the fuck are you going to do? Shut up. So she pretty much tells him to fuck off. And uh, she's like, I'm going to Macross City. It's far away, but I don't give a fuck. Fuck off, dude. Um, before we get further, though, I will say, Min Mei and Misa have pretty good looks post-time skip, I will say. Yes. Yes, it's true. I think, like, I can't. I can't pinpoint exactly how they've redesigned both characters, but I, I noticed that, like, Min Mei's hair is a little bit more voluminous. It's shorter, a it's little more a bit poof. more bounce to it. Yeah, yeah. Got that classic 80s anime floof, if you will. It's a, it's a good look, honestly. Uh, how, how has Misa's design changed, though? Because I'm, I'm trying to think about it now. I think maybe her eyes are a bit more visible. Yeah, she's a little more... Um, like, she has her swanky stuff from earlier, but it's a little... Less focused on military gear all the time, so mm. they hashtag she, she dresses in civvy clothes a bit more frequently. Yes, hashtag the good looks police. So <laughs> they they looking good. Um, basically, when Min Mei told Kaifun to fuck off, Hikari was being a creep and listening on in on this conversation instead of going and talking to her or offering, "Hey, I can give you a ride." And uh, he gets a call from his boys saying, "Yo." A bunch of Centrai just stole battle pods and they're wrecking shit up. And Misa gets a call too and gets called in to head on into the bridge, even though it's her day off. And we go to the city where everything's going. And battle pods are shooting shit up. It's Hikaru's boys. Come on in. And as they come on in, this causes Centrai to be like, okay, we want to fight these Valkyries. So they go away from the city. And Misa gets Hikaru on the horns like, dude, why the hell did you leave your post? And I know where you went. I know you went to go see Minmei. Like, don't even hide, dude. Like, seriously. And then Hikaru enters the fray. is like, boys, fall back. And they're like, dude, why the hell weren't you here? I, I had to see somebody. Why weren't you here? And from here, he tries to talk down the Centradi dudes but he ends up just shooting the legs of the battle pods as they re- as they don't respond, and the guys just run on off. And Sakara's landing back down on the Macross. Misa's there waiting for him, and he's like, yo, Global wants to see you, and dude, you, you went to see Minmei, right? And, uh, <laughs> and he confirms, yo, we, we, I, I didn't really talk to her, I watched her, and she's like, what? Anyway, and she just hands him a envelope of photos. And he's like, what's... Oh, okay. She, uh, she... He knows what the photo book should be full of now, anyway. And then... Kara meets with Global. I think I think you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, maybe implied what he should know to do. Um, but it's like, hey... Time will tell. It's like, hit, hit, nudge, nudge. Change out your photos, dude. Um, so Hikaru meets with Global. And he's like, yo, more stuff like this is probably going to happen with Zentradi folks. Um, for right now, let's take Zentradi uh, people off of our patrol teams. 
because we really don't want them killing their own folks in the case that they end up fighting. Um, so we'll take care of that. And then Mace then off walking on her own. And she's like, you know what? I miss Hikaru. Where, where he at? And Hikaru's walking away and he's all like, man, I'm worried about Minmei, especially after seeing Asshole. Ugh. And the episode ends. Things have happened. Like, th- yeah, a lot. So I, I was comparing this to Lord of the Rings earlier because we're really in the like scoring, scouring of the Shire. Yes. Here. Or like, you know, you've had the big battle, you've had the climax, what's left? Oh, right, things don't just end cleanly like that. Mm-mm. They call it, I'm going to butcher this word, a dinanois, dinanois, uh, down escalation. You know what I'm saying. I can't speak English, yeah, but yeah. you know. I got you. Uh, literary techniques in film and, and, and writing. I, I know them. I went to college. So any, any thoughts on these other episodes here? It's, we, we've seen the end of an arc and now everything is wide open. It's, uh, I, for, I, I, my memory on these last string of episodes isn't as solid as outside of bullshit we'll see with a scarf. So um, um, I, I remember uh, Claudia has a, a solid couple episodes. Yes, um, correct. And... Yeah, I don't I don't want to talk too much about it because like we'll get there. I guess I guess I'll just say that like one of my favorite things in not just anime in entertainment in general, but it's something that like I really like when I see it in anime um, is just like after like a huge action set piece before rolling right into the next one, we get time to just see characters do mundane shit. Yes, um, and I think I talked about that last time. Yes, um, we, we talked about how great it is just hanging out with your Siggo and doing that mo- mundane shit is. Mundane yeah, shit is. exactly. Mundane shit is good. So, like, this was an episode that was, you know, there, there's the stirrings of, like, a conflict happening. But, like, honestly, this arc doesn't really focus on it. This arc is about, like, Hikaru, Minmei, and Misa, and, like what each of them want out of life and a potential relationship. Yep. And it's just, it's really solid, like dedicated to character. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes in this, uh, you know, in the original version of these scenes, because, you know, Robotech, in addition to like being like the Robotech masters, ooh, uh, they also drastically changed the ending into something that is a lot less optimistic. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. But um Yeah, no, it's a it's a good time. Yes, I'm I'm excited to see where it, where it goes from here. I things things have been happening. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um but before before we move on to our Itano Circus of Plugs, um any anything else off the top of your head? My D-man, my hard die man. Um, I love Captain Global. Yes. I think, I think he's a great character. There's a part of me that scratches my head where it's like, this man's a military leader. Let's make him the leader of the government of the world. (laughs) And he's also somehow, yeah, 
And also somehow he's like compared to all the other military guys we've seen, he's the most level headed out of all of them. Yeah. Which like great, but also yeah, it's just kind of funny to me. Yes, no, I, 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 I see that myself too. <laughs> <laughs> it goes a lot what we were talking about with the earlier because this show has been very, in a way, pro military at times, and yeah. uh, I think it, it kind of goes in that angle too, where with like, yo, um, the the full body of the military. Uh, they're whatever, but the people on the Macross, the Macross focus folks, they're good shit. They they the best. I don't know what to tell you. We got best girls and best captain. I go away. I guess like I guess that's the another thing about the the Macross is that it is, you know, from from like the showrunner's perspective, it is like the ideal of what a military should be. Kind of like uh, when the first episode I mentioned Star Trek and this, mm-hmm. it kind of, I'm, I'm remembering what I thought about that because it kind of, Star Trek is kind of like the ideal future where people got their shit together and this yeah. is kind of like that in a shade of it in a way. I got you. I got me. I don't got me right now. I'm, I'm, guys, I am alive in the year 2019 and it is lit. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think it is plug time. I, um I think it's plug time. Okay. So yo, if you want to find us, our home is anchor.fm slash dude D-U-D-E. You remember and then they are kind enough to push us on up over to Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. So if you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Give us some stars. Tell us how you feel. Um, tell us tell us how you feel about the year 2004. Speaking of the year 2004, if you're, you're interested in telling us about the year 2004, please shoot us an email on over at dyrmcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want to talk to us about Fred Durst or how um, hip-hop is really... Hip-hop and rap are what created two separate timelines that led to Macross. <laughs> Let us know. We, we like those theories. And uh, if you want to find us elsewise on social medias, uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash remember at Twitter, on the Twitter, on the twat, at uh, do you remember. And then huge thanks, huge, huge, huge thanks to Mr. Chris Eakins, uh, artist, uh, talented man from the game Risk System for providing the show's key art. Uh, if you want to see more of Chris's work and check out information about the game, go to at Risk System Game on Twitter. Yo, that game is out on itch.io and Steam, and it is good. It's pretty good. And uh, pro tip, you should go buy that game because uh, Chris uh mentioned on twitter that he's trying to get a beach episode thing added into the game depending on oh sales God. and stuff and i'm oh like my goodness. okay i'm in whatever we have one goal whatever those guys do i'm down for so let's go <laughs> um and then mr dylan you are doing things on the internet in fact um 
In fact, you were you, you do things with a very dreamy gentleman. Um, it's true. Who's uh, hunky, hunky yet slender at the same time. Uh, tell me about this hunky dreamboat you do stuff with. Well, Coop, I record with your friend and mine, Absolute Dreamboat Chris Wilson, and we talk about the video games at Backstage Gaming. Uh, it is a show where we talk about... Uh, we use our experience as actors who study theater to talk about video games, an interactive medium, and, you know, we, we talk about it from different angles, uh, voice acting, uh, critique, a, a lot of stuff. Uh, you all should check it out. Uh, we have our website, bsgpod.com. Uh, you can also check out our social media. Our Twitter is at bsg underscore cast. We're on YouTube, and, you know, I, I would really appreciate any clicks our way. Um, I am also a semi-regular, uh, I'm not a guest, any, I wouldn't say I'm a guest, but I'm also not a regular appearance, but I am on the Unexplored cast, or the Unexplored Places. Um, it is an actual play podcast. Uh, season 1 takes place uh, it, using Monster of the Week in rural Ohio, uh, but now we're doing Victorian England, and that's fun, and we have some crazy things planned for the future. I don't know how much is public knowledge, so I won't spoil anything. But I, I will say that people who are fans of science fiction should look forward to season two. Um, you can check them out at unexploredcast.libsyn.com. And also, just to, just a note on uh, on that backstage streamboat podcast. Uh, check out their Patreon. They are they're close to some goals. Help them help them so they don't have to pay for a website. Um, regularly because they're close to that goal or have hit that i i haven't i haven't double checked that recently but they they talented gentlemen and you should you should you should send them some love uh anyway um dylan where 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 could people find you talking about hideo kojima and waxing out school and shooting some b-ball outside of school when a couple of <laughs> fools who are up to no good start making trouble in your neighborhood trouble in my neighborhood yeah um well my twitter handle is at the Dilla, T H A underscore D I L A. Mmm, delicious. And if you want to see any of my bullshit, it's at Rider Strike on Twitter. And I believe, I believe that has been this, 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 this super dimensional episode of Dude, You Remember Macross. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a great week. And I have been a very loopy coop. <laughs> and I've been a somewhat sober Dylan. And goodbye. Have a good one. Goodbye, all. Mwah. Bye-bye now. <laughs> that was an episode. <laughs>